Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's raining men. I mean, it's a lot, but hey, you know, the women are on vacation and they deserve it. I'll be here, though, for you forever. Welcome to the show, new friend to you, old friend of mine, Sean Donnelly. Sean has appeared on The Late Show with David Letterman, Conan, NBC's Last Comic Standing. His comedy album, Manual Labor Face, is available on Comedy Central Records. Sean has also been featured on Broad City, Inside Amy Schumer, Amazon's Alpha House, and Billions on Showtime. He has a new special coming out, but we talk about it on the show. Chuck Nice is here, good friend of mine, also very new to the show, a Philadelphia native, 18-year veteran of stand-up comedy with a rich history in television and radio. And this is true. For eight years, he provided comic relief to the Radio Chick Show, bringing the funny to New York's radio airwaves. And other appearances include, I mean, my God, I mean, he's just hosted everything. He's made appearances on Buy Like a Mega Millionaire on HGTV, The Katie Couric Show, The Meredith Vieira Show, The CBS Early Show, Red Carpet Pre-Show for the Independent Spirit Awards, and he's been a co-host on Star Talk Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's also currently the host of Brain Games on the Road on Disney+. Plus. In each episode, our friend Chuck Nice pits two neighborly teams of four players against each other in a series of entertaining games designed for endless at-home play-along and breezy brainiac takeaway. So check them out. Chuck Nice on Disney+. Plus. I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm coming your way. August 27th for one. One night, I'm headlining. That means I'm doing a full hour, yes, at the Canes Theater. So check me out as part of the Blue Whale Festival. That's August 27th. Get your tickets. Go to my website. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us because of you. We make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It's important. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and a new feature now if you're a golden friend you get to watch the recordings live every monday that's right that's a new option available to our golden friends on patreon merch is available we have t-shirts hoodies coffee milks face masks tank tops they're all available just go to my website marinafranklin.com weekly on my youtube channel i go live with my assistant evelyn frick my wacky friend dave Juskow. we give updates to the show this is every saturday where have you been we shout out fans who leave reviews we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows and with friends like us It'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. Get vaccinated. Booster up. I don't know if you know this, but um, polio showed up in the water here in New York. So, hey. And Black Lives Matter. Today we have our guys. It's our, our monthly 
<laughs> nice. And we have a white guy. So it's a heavy plot. <laughs> it becomes a man cave real quick. Yes. And Stace is backstage. Welcome, Stace. She's one of our favorite fans. Nice. So, um, Hello, Stace. And we're all comedians here today. So this will be just today fun. for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had either one of you on this show. So, you know, we we di we dive into like serious topics. There's no pressure to be funny. I always find like you never do a podcast and everyone's like all of a sudden they're like their funny's on and it's like, ugh. <laughs> Please just stop. Yeah. Like trying too hard. Like they're trying fun. too hard. Yeah. yeah. Like that old show, Make Me Laugh, or you know, one of those where you have to put it on all the time. Or like, what's his face? What's the guy that comes on late night all the time? He's Mike, my hero, and I can't remember the black uh, Byron Allen. Oh, oh God, Byron, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some weird lawsuit going on with him, right? I keep getting something in the mail with our with that show. You know, he owns Delirious, Eddie Murphy Delirious. Really? Really? He bought it a while ago. He's like a billionaire, that guy. Oh, he is like a he is a billionaire because he uh, his production company, number one, he sued all of the cable providers, all the cable carriers. He sued them because all the um, carriers that he tried to put his content with always put it on in the middle of the night. They would never give him a proper time slot. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. I thought he just bought that time slot because it was cheaper and he made all the ad money. Well, he did that, too. That's one of the reasons why he had to do it, because they wouldn't they wouldn't do it for him. But then he started having a commercial success and they still wouldn't do it. And he was like, OK, guys, this is just like it's one thing, you know, to pee on me and tell me it's raining if you're sprinkling. It's another thing to have a heavy stream and just be like, no, no, really, this is it. Uh -huh. So <laughs> he was like, nah, this is not cool. So at first it was like the Don Cornelius model that I call it. You know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Don Cornelius model is nobody wanted it because it was a black show. So people were just like, forget that. We're not paying for, you know, to see black people dance on TV. And then... So he just owned it outright, and then it became a huge commercial success, and he just kept a lot of money. But I feel like the the success with Byron Allen was more in like he, him owning the whole thing and the ads because that show is like known amongst comics. But I think if you ask, like yeah, Soul Train, yes, one hundred percent legendary show. But right. I think comics know about um, about Byron Allen's show because it's like we're that. on it. Yes, because <laughs> we're on it. I always get an email from someone. They're like, "I'm watching you right now on Byron Allen." I'm like. How many years ago was that? <laughs> he never stops running them. Well, that's one of my favorite Lenny Marcus stories about how he got contacted by the booker of that show and the booker uh, over Facebook. For some reason, the booker was contacting people over Facebook uh -huh. and they were like, hey, are you available on this day? I'm the booker for the, the Byron Allen um, uh, show. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, comics, comics, comics Unleashed. Thank, yeah. you. Uh -huh. Thank you. And he goes, I'm the booker for Comics Unleashed. Are you available this day? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then Lenny goes, well, do you fly us out to LA? And he goes, no. He goes, do you put us up? And he's like, no. no. He's like, How much is it? And he's like, and it wasn't much cash. Right. And he goes, nah, I don't want to do it. And the guy goes, I wasn't asking if you could do it. I was asking if you were available to do it. Damn. And then, and then Lenny says, well, you can go F yourself. And I'm not asking if you're available to go F yourself. <laughs> you can actually, I'm not sure if you can curse in your pocket. You can actually you can't, go. You can. <laughs> actually, curse away. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Well, I believe it's Bernadette Pauly who was actually suing 
there's a case I got in oh, the really? mail. Now, what is she suing says, for? It says Bernadette Polly. And I was like, I I'm, think there's some residual issues with that show. Yeah, but is it a, uh, is it a, what do you call that? Um, is it a union show? Because if it's not a union show. No, I yeah. just saw the email and it says, if you dispute this, you know, write in. And I was like, I'm not going to dispute. I don't have yeah. time for that. But whatever happens, hey, <laughs> let the fallout come into my checking account. 100%. You know, 100%. I mean, I do remember when I did the show, I did two of them. I remember his mom being backstage. I remember my uncle telling me out in California, I always talk about my uncle Buzz on the show because he's helping me invest in stocks. Good for him. <laughs> he's he's like, does really well. But he tells, he told me, he said, you should do what he's doing instead of, instead of doing comedy. He goes, well, <laughs> you know, own it and then you can control it and you make the most money. And I was like, no, I'm an artist, Uncle Buzz. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I'm, 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 I, this is my, this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Byron Allen would tell you he's an artist too. He just paints with money. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. yeah, no, that, um, you know, he was, he was ahead of his time. I mean, that guy's my hero. He owns like four different properties. And I mean that, but I mean, what I mean is television, real estate. And um, yeah, they're all, they're all evergreen and they're all running all the time. I think it's Weather Channel, right? Does he own the Weather Channel now? I think he might have bought into that. Okay, um, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, smart guy. Yeah. And also like early on, it's like now that everybody's trying to own their own stuff anyway, it's like pretty right. trailblazing to do that, to realize that's, because I was like, I'm like you, Marina, where I was like, no, it's not about the business side of this. And then the longer you go in it, you're like, oh, it 100% is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely part of the business side. I'm going to be honest. See, this is where I'm, where I suck. I wasn't like, I'm an artist. I was like, I got to get some of that i just suck at business <laughs> oh you just we were I'm, like i'm just a failure at it <laughs> that's all i've ever wanted was to be byron allen you know uh, <laughs> i remember doing this show and patrice o'neill called me while it was out there recording and i think he watched i forget if it aired i don't know what it was but he called me and he was just laughing about monique's talk show <laughs> Patrice was and like, he was impersonating Moni. He was like, I don't like that. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Marina, he goes, why? Why? And then he said, you may have, you may have a chance in this business, actually. I go, really? He goes, yeah, you may. He goes, I watched you on Byron He's Allen. Stupid. You didn't, you didn't do the, hey, girl. Right. Uh -huh. goes, and you were good. And I was like, oh, my God, Patrice has given me a compliment. This yeah. is amazing. But I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about you, too. I, I love the fact that, you know, you have this very staid presence. You know, it's a significant, substantial stage presence that you create without going that. Now, let me tell you something about my man. OK, like, you know what I'm saying? Which, and no, Which no by the way, I have that. nothing against that. Don't, don't we get have me to wrong. say that. Yes. No, no, I'm not even. I'm, <laughs> no, I got in trouble sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I'll do. Remember, I used to do that joke that shake a dang dang, shake a dang dang. I, I remember I that. Because I say I don't do that, and exactly. I used to get some women, female comedians, who thought I was attacking, attacking them. them. Right. And I was like, no, I'm 
this is no you're setting <laughs> expectations for the audience this is my yeah, right personality I'm, exactly i'm not coming down on you you know i'm kind of the same way i mean you know i'm not i'm not coming down on any other comedian i'm just letting the audience know that my delivery I, my delivery is not one of uh what you might consider a black affectation you know or what i call a black scent so you know i'm not you know i don't i you know nothing wrong with it but and i was making fun of the the white audience's expectation that they had for me because i i could tell that they were like as soon as i would do i i got a big pussy who got a big pussy the joy that would come across the room right. was it's just like undeniable oh dear and god i was thank, like here i am thank god she finally got to it <laughs> so you guys you don't have black affectation i do that's what makes it so confusing during my act i'm very, very weird you're very when black I, that chubby irish guy comes out and talks like that people are like this is not good this is not healthy well sean you were talking about like how you did a i remember doing a show with you it was like the early stages of podcasting, right? Where you, it was video though, where we would go to a bar. Yes, and you would call, it was called One Question. It was when Google first got all that. I mean, when YouTube got all that Google money up front and like they, were, they had like producers making channels just to get the content out there. And then like we got a little bit of money to do a show, uh, One Question with Sean and you did it. Well, what's, what's uh, I'm I'm interested now, uh, and thanks by the way for asking me. Um, <laughs> it was about ten years ago, Chuck. I, I really appreciate that, Sean. Uh, no, <laughs> clearly I cannot let shit go. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm interested to know. What, it, it sounds very cool. Like one question. Is it literally one question? Yeah, it's one question. Well, yeah, because we end. I think we end up taping like a. Uh, we end up taping like three different ones, and then we use the one that we think worked out the best, and then we put one episode out a week. I might. I was talking to Marina about this. I'll probably start doing it again on my own YouTube. I'm just Please. Gonna yeah. Somebody. Yeah. So Chuck, if you'd like to do something like that, YouTube, that'd be oh fantastic. sure. Now that there's no more Google money, <laughs> it was so. Oh, well, no, the Google will all be, I just invested in their stock. So please. Good for you. <laughs> well, they split. They split. Yeah. So, oh, now so I you got in it. at the damn. I wish I had known no, that. They not, this like a month ago. They that split. was a month ago. They, they split. Yeah. So then the price comes down. So you're able. And to, the price is still down. OK, good. And I will definitely because let me tell you something. It's really not Google. It's Alphabet. And so Alphabet right. is the company that owns Google. Um, oh. And Google is still going to be the uh primary and essential search engine for the entire world because so much of the internet rests upon Google itself. It is almost impossible to use the internet without using some form of Google or AWS, which is Amazon. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's always a good investment. Um, but more importantly, all the other stuff that they're doing, I just did some work with them a little while ago in their AI division. That it's going to be globe changing. Like, are where, you? Oh, you were privy to some info yeah, when you were there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. My brother works for Google. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I ha it's at one hundred and eighteen dollars right now. Just that's so uh, that's not bad at all. It's that's up. It's up. Okay. That's a hard job to get. You have to go through like what, isn't it like a whole slew of like beyond just a regular 
yeah. interview process, yeah. right? It's like a whole, yeah. It's it's the bachelor for tech people. Right, right, right. right. Wow. <laughs> tough, tough mutter that's, for tech, that's, for tech that's people. That's what it is, yeah. man. <laughs> now you're well, leading no, but, us into a lot of these articles, but go ahead, Sean. I have this weird feeling, not that it's not going to exist, but I think based off what's going on now, the next, whatever's next year, Gen Z, they might, they're going to be using technology, but they might buck the idea of like the social media and being on it 24 hours a day. Like once you have like that meta thing, I think the best thing to happen to, 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 uh, to push people off of AI was the, that when meta came out and it was like Mark Zuckerberg trying to be cool in the ad, which was just so, te- it was so yeah. awkward that if I was 20, I'd be like, I'm not using that. That's corny. That guy's, that guy's so corny. Yeah. So I'm it, hoping that kind of happens. So people still kind of like, I don't know, hang out with each other and I'm- act kind of, you know, I got to say, I don't think it's going to happen, although I understand why you say that. And the reason I don't yeah. think it's going to happen is because, first of all, the uh, virtual experience is going to have so many applications that are outside of like, hey, let's talk to our friends and with these stupid goggles on. Right. Uh, it'll be applications like, I want to see my hotel room before I check in. Oh, you know? yes. It's going to be things like, oh, I'd like to see this dress, you know, and There'll be, yeah. there'll be haptic interfaces that go along with the goggles so that you'll put on these like little fingertips. So when you touch the dress in the picture or video, you'll be touching the dress in like, oh, wow. in, in real life, stuff like that. Um, haptic will that get that, get that sensitive? The haptic? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because right now, you know, it has those like the clicking, like that weird. Yeah, it's like a little click. No, no, no. This is completely different. So this is kind of like a silicon sheath that you'll put on that has these, this kind of like. Can upload. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. And so you'll put those on and you'll be able to touch things and it'll feel kind of like you're touching the real thing. And it's like super thin. It's not like a glove. You know, it's oh, wow. it's, it's literally like a fingerprint that you roll your stuff. This is the kind of stuff that they're working on, man. And it's so Jeff Daniels, who the his show upload Zainab is in that. And she told me that Jeff Daniels is way ahead with technology in his shows. And in that, they show a woman upload, just so our listeners know, is about like, like when you die, you can upload yourself. Okay, right. your brain. Your consciousness, yeah. So like, if you're still alive and your partner is gone, you put yourself into that suit, like you were saying, and you can still have sex with them. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, that kind of stuff is coming except for the consciousness part. And uh, the only reason, one, is because we don't know what consciousness really we. I say this like I'm actually doing the research. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sitting here talking like I'm a neuroscientist <laughs> and like I've just been I've just come out of the lab. Where well, I'm if discovered- we could go to these articles, I think you you're you're tap you've brought up so many issues that go right to the articles okay. one of which was not blurred so excuse me if i fumble because <laughs> i can't read sometimes they they call me keisha when i can't read they go keisha can't read so that here. that by the way is just awful <laughs> <laughs> let, let me this, just say for the was, record it was this. pat brown who said it she yeah. said you ever heard that person in the class that could read you like oh no keisha about to read oh so, no, no that is just let me just that is fucked up okay <laughs> <laughs> so here i go okay go uh, ahead. a former google engineer this article was brought to us by Khalees hawkins oh 
Okay. She's always great at bringing me articles. A former Google oh, engineer please. fired by the company after going public with concerns that its artificial intelligence chatbot is sentient, isn't concerned about convincing the public. Oh, he Lambda. Does, I'm hmm? sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 never mind. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> what? No, what's Lambda? Lambda is the platform upon which this AI is based that this Google engineer uh, was using uh, when it asked the question that uh, the AI responded with a sentient answer. But I should shut up because this is not my show. Yeah, because these women well, are going to be you. like, you and, better not. And I, and I should let not. you finish reading the fucking article <laughs> before I start. Ah! But see, I'm a total nerd. In a, in, no, in, I love in, it. Yeah, I'm a big giant dweeb. And so they hear from me all the time. So go. See, I, I hear Lambda and I think of the black fraternity from Revenge of the Nerds. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. <laughs> Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. I love Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, I wish they would. They do so many remakes. Yeah, this why, one, they need to wouldn't. get on top of You're it. You're right. I know. They should bring it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, finish the article and, you know, I'll shut oh, up. Oh, I'm boring anyway. But the, um, the kind <laughs> of problems these AI pose, the people building them are blind to them, blaming the issue on lack of diversity and engineers working on the project. So they've never been poor. They've never lived in communities of color. They never lived in developing nations of the world. They have no idea how this AI might impact people unlike themselves. Like, for example, they had asked them to impersonate a black guy. And uh, <laughs> the bot said, let's go get some fried chicken and waffles. Yeah. That was his impression of a yeah. black man from Georgia. And then and after that, he said, now, 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 hold on there. No. <laughs> This is the computer. Muslims are more violent than Christians. That's yep. what the that's what the bot was doing. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, it makes and that's, sense. The bot's just picking up the behavior of the scientists. Well, no, engineers. More, the engineers, but more importantly, it's the right. it's the programming, the algorithm, and what you're putting into it. So let's think about this. If you raise a child, right, and you tell the child that black people are A, B, C, and D. That child's not going to turn 18 and all of a sudden go, you know what I'm thinking for myself now? Black people are not They're that. It's, yeah. No, that kid is going to say black people are A, B, C, and D. And it's going to take an awful lot of like reworking of that code inside that kid's head to get them to think otherwise. And so I think you said in the article that. Um, well, they have it, to get relevant data. There you which, go. Relevant data. Uh, which isn't on the, you know. That isn't on the internet. Um, and relevant data is lived experience. Think about it. Yeah. So right. Um, there's well, it's one of those things where you get if you yeah like when you're brought up a certain way, and like you said, you're brought up a certain way. How you get out of that? You get out of your shell by moving away from where you grow up. Like right. that's how you know. Right. And you know, a lot of these engineers or, you know, or getting older and interacting with different like, like or you like become a getting rid of the ignorance of what you were taught <laughs> <laughs> or you become a comic and do open mics yeah you know i noticed like uh i i had no idea until i was doing like open mics and i was listening to some of the white comics do material and i was like wait what and I realized I was like, oh, they don't know. And then I would in, I was interacting with them. And then I would see I was like, oh, this is new for them. This experience, even having me in this space with them was just new. Sean looks like he's frozen. Like as a Sean, white man, Sean he's is frozen. frozen. Yeah. Look, what you perfect. said is it blew him away so much. <laughs>
Yeah, he, he could not handle that. He was just like, wait a minute. He'll be back. <laughs> that was so funny. That really was funny because he was <laughs> I mean, it's just like, wait, what? Yeah. Like we're we're blowing his AI mind. But yeah. it is crazy because you you don't think that there's bias in these think programmings, but if they're exactly. not black people in the room to go, oh, 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 right. oh. Right. So when you think about it, think about what it is to be black. Okay. It is not any one thing. It is not any one cultural identity. It is not any one viewpoint. Uh, being black is this rich tapestry of, you know, um, meshed and melded experiences that we all understand whether or not you have lived them, you understand them when you see them in other black people. Okay, right, so, yeah. you know, the bougie black person still knows what the hell it is to be black. Okay, you still know it. I don't care how bougie you are, you know what it is, and you understand, you know, you understand that whole idea of, oh, I walked into this place, the whole place got chilly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all eyes are slightly cut towards me. Yeah. What, 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 what's going on here? You know what's going on. You know what I mean? And so like all of these experiences that we have as black people, we understand them in other black people, even if we have not had them specifically ourselves. But that's what you need in the room when you're engineering artificial intelligence. You know, this is what diversity brings to everything, not just to tech companies or to, uh, you know, technology, but diversity brings that to everything. That's why it's important to have, you know, black women in writing rooms when people are writing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, all of this stuff, it, you know, we live in a time now where they're like, oh, 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 oh I guess I'm not woke. I guess you woke. It, I know. It, it, it's like, that's a backlash. Like when people say that to me, I'm like, uh, you know, listen, if you're angry, I'm sorry. And then I just shut up. <laughs> it's so weird how I used to make fun of woke. And now I'm careful when I say it because I know how the right has weaponized that word. Right. Against things that are actually good, you right. know? Yeah. So like I used to make fun of woke because I felt like it was such a, a way of stopping a comic from being as free on stage as they could be. Right. But now it's become a whole different Yeah. Yeah. Thing. It's, it's taken on it like it's weaponized this perfect word, you know. Do that, you do you so this new job that you have with a, Alphabet or Google, will you be able to comment like do you think you'll have to come up against that? Oh no, it's not a job. So it was um oh. it was just a project that I did. So it's oh, it's over. Did you, did and you find any moments where no i i you know what here's the thing you know that you you know how this kind of like corporate protocol where people have been taught all the right things to say at the right time and it's so that they are not open to what do you call it um uh, litigation <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can see do you see their eyes like glot like they they're like oh 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 right <laughs> Right. And so, yeah, you know, when you bring certain things up or you ask certain questions, you know, um, then what happens is it's like you can see like, oh, we never thought of that. You know, that that becomes kind of like the response that's unspoken, like, well, you know, we've we've never even thought of that. Now, you can have two responses after that. 
you know, we've never thought of that. Maybe that's something to consider. Response number one, we've never thought of that. Fuck it. <laughs> we have lost the white guy. Right. <laughs> the white guy could not handle. Oh, he, he said, Mike, is too hot. Oh, he says, because I don't have AC in my aunt. We'll be back. Yeah, right. Yeah, the conversation was too hot. <laughs> you know what, Chuck? I always love seeing you in these commercials. You do a lot of commercial work. Not a lot, but it does. It enough. Like it. Enough. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners which? Because I know they they will probably. Uh, the last one was a couple Tide commercials that I yes! did. Yes, I was like, look at look at Chuck. Yeah, I, I don't mind that Procter and Gamble money. I got to admit that they're a good they're a good operation to be uh, to represent. Um, and that was my um, biological daughter who was in the commercial with me. That was. Yeah, that's my little girl. So uh, that's what made it so cool for me. That's what I really enjoyed about it was. I you know, did not know that. Yeah, getting to spend two two solid days on set with her working. And uh, she's the one that got me the commercial, to be honest. Oh, because she's so adorable. She's just so cute. But it, it wasn't even that. We auditioned. And, you know, I did my, you know, regular father read. You know, and it was nothing, you know, you try to keep it as non-affected as possible, you know, and, and then they, they make up their minds. It's not really about talent in a commercial. But then she was really kind of nervous and like kind of dead, like, okay, let me do this for you. Okay. So then they, they, they yeah, were like, okay, that's the end of the audition. Thanks so much. So then the, all the people who were watching on Zoom they came forward, so the ad agency, the director, and everything. And they were like, do you mind if we ask Charlie some questions? Her name is Charlie. And I said, all right, I think you got to ask her. I don't, you know, she was like, sure. And so they said, do you like working with your father? And then she went, do I like my father? Hmm, do I like? And I said, baby, they asked you, do you like working with me? Not if you like me. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> she's, she's a real smart ass. You know yes, I mean? For an eight-year-old. Uh, she's, well, I wonder where she got. Oh, I, I mean, know, nothing. right? Well, yeah, yes, the, you yeah. are the comic. Yeah. So, How about uh, those days back in the day at the comic strip? A lot of our listeners don't know. Chuck and I have history. We used to go up late at night, all yeah. day at the comic strip live. That's that's right. Richie Tankins. Richie oh, man. Tankin and yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. And that's when, uh, you know, everybody was crushing on uh, Marina, but she used to come in there with her boyfriends. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. I've and, had and several. Se secretly, we'd all be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had my black boyfriend and my white boyfriend and I went back to black. It was I like was crazy. Like, uh, all so, the, Sean, all we were making fun of you because we were like, you froze when we were in a heavy... Yeah, we got to the heavy <laughs> racial racial cop and, <laughs> and you disappeared. It just made me look way more racial. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. This is I gotta. <laughs> you were like, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> but Sean, you know what, Sean? I want to ask you since we were talking about that, you know, unconscious bias. I guess you call it, even with AI. Do you ever have you experienced anything like recently where you're like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, my God, I really didn't think about it. Like, you always seem to be on top of things. Like, when I talk to you, you're like, that person didn't even realize they were racist when they say, like, you, you're pretty conscious, but. I'm pretty conscious, but there's always going to be something. To me, the biggest one in the past recently is that is the fact of how little that uh, the public knows about June Juneteenth as a mm. thing. Like Juneteenth probably should have been a federal holiday about, I, I would say, 25 years ago. So stuff like that, it's like a big one because I didn't know much about it. And when I heard about it, I was like, how is this not 
bigger. And I was like, you're, you're kind of like, oh, I, I, there's a lot that I don't know. But besides that, besides that, there's nothing else that I haven't, you just try to, you try to just be, like you said, you try to just be aware as possible. And then, uh, yeah, but besides that, nothing else has come up recently where I've been like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. I feel like, I feel like the good course correction that's happened uh, with, with that in society is that, I don't know, that's, it's, everything's more out in the, in the open now, uh, more than it was. So you are finding out about stuff maybe you didn't know about, and, and it's kind of being talked about more. So that's a, it's a good thing. Well, we thought you froze again. Oh yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I, it's okay. It's all right. Don't <laughs> you're like, you're like, Sean. You know what, what's going on with uh, Rachel? I'm like, ah, what do I just fake the freezing? Well, I do know. Like Tom Hanks put out a video recently. I think it was recent where he's like talking about how angry he was. He didn't know about Juneteenth. No, I and, think like, it was an uh, Oklahoma bomb. Right. Uh, not or, or, I mean, Tulsa, the o- Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. The Oklahoma oh. massacre. <clears throat> yes, that's what he was saying. Yes, thank you. I'm actually going to Tulsa, Oklahoma in August uh, 26th through the 28th, just to sort of drop that in there. This is going to be my first time going there, and I'm doing a comedy festival, and it's nice. still a very red state. So, uh, speaking of finding a hotel and really thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, first thing you say on stage is, don't kill me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what goes on here <laughs> so i want to ask you both about this batgirl thing i i just find this interesting i saw the article last week and the situation that will be ongoing because we've been talking about even at the comedy cellar about like hbo max what is it going to be who's this guy who's taking over so batgirl filmmakers uh, Adel El Arby and Bilal Falah received the stunning news, by the way, after they were at a wedding, which is so brutal, that their upcoming DC film Batgirl would be shelved, despite wow. it being deep into post-productions ahead of a planned HBO Max um, bow. Batgirl was a casualty of new corporate strategy from Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, his name is David Zaslav, who opted to shelve the project in order to take a tax write down on the $90 million film. Now, have you guys heard about this? Um, yeah. Yeah. I was shocked when they came to promotion and to marketing. It would have been another, like, I, I was on uh, Jim and Sam, and they were talking about it would have been another, like, $40 million in promotion. So him taking that tax write off is, like, just a, a, a clear business decision. It also shows you how much show businesses changed since pandemic yeah yeah but here's the thing they're hiding behind that tax write-off i feel just to shelve of and i do feel like it is an unconscious decision to easily shelve a film that's loaded in diversity right because we when you compare it to other films here it says um how about the uh, the new game of thrones they ain't shelving that so, for example, horror films that end up doing well have been known to test in the 60s. Like they said, they claimed that Batgirl didn't test well. But, for example, it did not test well in 2017. Right. And it wound up grossing $700.3 million globally. Oh, my God. As well as an early score for the upcoming Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Both of those films tested in the 60s, but they did well. So, like, when we... Talk about like the Black Panther movie. I kind of hear it is a cutback, but I do wonder whether or not that cutback was easier to d- be done 
with a, sh- a movie like this because you don't think it's going to make any money. From the, the the white boy point of view, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I think that we're living in, I, I think you absolutely that could be the case. I just think that uh, just by sheer PR and optics alone, you put this thing out and it's decent. Say it was, say it is decent. I think you are the, you're the heroes of diver. I don't think there's a, I, they, it very well could, it could be, but it would probably be a company based thing. I, I think it might be DC might have an issue with that then. They might have an issue with diversity, whatever it is. Cause like, you know, uh, uh, Black Panther was Marvel and it was a huge, enormous hit for them. And now they have a second one coming out. Uh, and it was also a, a fantastic movie. I think DC has had so many misses. They have this. This, this cloud over them, like, like be like, oh my God, we can't have another, another swing and a miss. Like Wonder Woman, the second one sucked. It might be, it might be a decision based off that. Wonder Woman 1984 was so bad and people, it was so anticipated. I, it might be more movie than, uh, than the motive you're talking about, but I don't, I obviously don't know. And I do think, like, like that the, there was business decisions that are made, but yeah, other, other bad movies have been put out. But the thing with it was, what was that budget? I think 90 million is a big, big number for even a, a superhero movie. But I don't know. I think the way things are now, especially in show business, you put something out that's decent, but it gets a huge, like you said, 700 million. You've become the new bastion of like, hey, we are a welcome, ha- well, well, a welcome atmosphere for, for diversity. So I don't think it's a bad thing to put out a movie like that by, by anybody's, any, any, any standards in Hollywood at this point, because that's kind it's kind of in vogue and it's going to help you out. It's going to help your company out. It either was really that bad or it was a bad decision by an executive, I think. I, I think you also have to weigh history against motives, possible motives. So history says that uh, movie houses have traditionally sacrificed diversity and projects that feature black people and people of color because they feel automatically that they will not be as profitable. So they automatically put them to a higher standard, which one might say that's biased and racist, okay? So whenever a decision has to be made, the decision always encompasses the uh, race or the people who are in the movie, okay? And the audience, okay? Now, when you buck that, and you're a success, you're a hero socially, and you're also a hero financially because everybody wins. That's Black Panther. If you buck that and you don't succeed, then people say in the business, see, you knew better than to do that because you know that you you can't have a viable vehicle with a all black cast or an all people of color cast or a heavily dominant uh, uh, color of cast. So the fact is, and then here's the triangle. The other thing is, as a business person, if you're going to take a write down, you only have a certain period of time to take that write down. <laughs> okay. It's not like you can be like, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. And if right. it doesn't work, we'll take the write down. No, it's somebody right. handing you $90 million. And quite frankly, investors right now are far less uh, impressed with the number of subscribers you have as much as they are with your corporate profits. So all of these things are in the mix, all of them. And it's hard to say directly that it's one thing or the other. 
But what I think is that it's a mixture of all those things. Race does have a part to do with it. Money has a part to do with it. And 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 politics has a part to do with it. Now, TV, who's backstage, says canceling and welcome TV, canceling Batgirl. And yet the company works so hard to keep Flash stupids. There you go. Well, and see, that's what I'm talking about. That's where you start to question, like, what's going on? <laughs> You know, why? Oh, Flash was the oh the Ezra Miller thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I the DC has so many problems, and they've had so many misses, like you were saying. And I think they're just and and the guy I don't have his name. That this is how I I that's why I have to read because I just say you know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who's with who's in DC or head of DC was going to leave. Based on this move, he's still wow. debating as to whether he wants to even stay. I don't know what HBO Max wants. To, their, their discovery is taking over. And I'm hearing that they want to do more like they think that women want to see more streaming with like housewives and reality shows and men want to see more. It's just weird. It's like HBO Max right now. I like it. Why yeah. are you messing with it? Yeah, exactly. What I don't understand is why HBO Max would not just look at HBO, okay, and be like, look how successful they are. They are a model of diversity. Look at all the black shows that are on HBO, okay, and, uh, you know, black content and uh, people of color. And on top of that, all the other shows that they have that are equally as successful, they have found a nice little alchemy. Why can't you do that on HBO Max? You know what I mean? I don't understand it. They had that Robin show. That didn't do well. They sunk a shit ton of money into that, you know? And I watched every episode, but it wasn't all that good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the actress... See, I always think from the, the perspective of if I was in this situation, I mean, could you imagine... You get cast. You, the the first stage of getting cast testing so is is so hard. So you hard. go through all that process. You have to stop smoking weed so you can memorize your lines. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. You give up a habit, and then you commit for the filming of so- something that is so like uh, the the physicalness of a of a sh- of a DC you know movie, yeah, and yeah. then you do all that work, and it's done. It's done. It's finished. They yeah. said it was like in the, you know, like it's not finished, finished, but it's basically no, no, finished. No, you shot it. You shot it. It's over for and you. And you're telling your friends, you're like, I'm in, I'm in a DC movie. I'm, it's awesome. You're telling, you're bragging, you're buying homes. I know. And you know what's worse? <laughs> you know, the worst part is, you know, you got that one hater friend who's just going to be like, I told you that bitch wasn't in Batgirl. <laughs> I told you she wasn't Batgirl. <laughs> Is that key? <laughs> no, that's the AI. Yeah, that's the AI. <laughs> AI. <laughs> On the good. heels of the recent news, she wrote, I am proud of, um, I'm forgetting her name, sorry. Look, I'm already, I'm part of the problem because I, for, I forgot her name. Oh, uh, Leslie Grace. Name. Leslie Grace. Uh, that's, that's the actress's name? That yes. Okay. Yes. She said, yeah, that's I'm a so- bummer, but it's also like, that's the, it's the same. Don't get me wrong. This is a, 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 a unique thing. We all, we've all been in the business for a while. We also know it's very, very unfair in all different levels. <laughs> the whole thing's unfair. But you that know? is like the extent of it. So she wrote, that's, that's um, a big one. That's a, that's a megaton bomb of unfairness uh, for an actress. On the heels of the recent news about our movie Batgirl, I'm proud of the love, hard work and intention. All of our incredible cast and tireless crew put into this film over seven months 
in Scotland. I feel blessed to have worked among absolute greats and forged relationships for a lifetime in the process. To every Batgirl fan, thank you for the love and belief, allowing me to take on the cape and become, as Babe said best, my own damn hero. You know there was a lot of crying, though, before she wrote that. But go ahead. Oh, God, yeah. That's, it's brutal. I, I, would, I can only imagine. But, like, the other thing I was going to say is, like, when you, like, Chuck, you were talking about history, and I'm like, but if you, even if, you, I think Hollywood moves pretty fast, and if you're looking at recent history, like, if I was, this is why I'm not a network executive, because obviously <laughs> I haven't gotten myself, but if I was a studio executive, I'd, right now, the way the climate is, I would want to be, I'd, I'd put out any type of, that, like, based off Creed and based off uh, Black Panther, I would just be like, hey, we got, we got a, a really, really popular property, and we can add some diversity to it, Th put it out. It's decent. We, th we it wasn't as good as we thought it put it out right away and i think that the the i think the money situation not, not that you say you didn't say this but i think that really i think it's i think i'm with you i think it's both i think it figures i think both figure in 100 percent yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it's, and it's a bummer because we're thinking i was like oh man i really would have loved to have like they never don't put stuff out what was like the they had the the kevin smith superman they didn't put that out that's like you that, and you heard about that as well when he had like nicholas cage playing superman yes, without a case and like, yeah yeah remember that yeah so like they they do make these decisions everyone's it's just so rare the people are like what the hell are you doing yeah what is your what is your what is your actual issue you know now tb says i heard miss miller was really good it's also sad about it's one of Brendan Fraser's latest roles after being gone for so long. Oh, in Batgirl, Brendan Fraser or Miss yes, Miller? Miss Miller. Oh, uh, I, I don't know Miss Miller. I don't so. know Miss Miller, TB. Uh, Neither do I. Yeah, I'm not. Um, sorry, TB. <laughs> <laughs> James. He's going to be in something else. He's going to be in the new uh, uh, Paul Thomas. Oh no, new Tarantino. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie playing a 600 pound man. Oh no, yeah. Oh no, Darren Aronofsky. He's in the new Darren Aronofsky movie playing a 600 pound guy. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Now and, and uh, clearly that's uh, now if he actually gained the weight, he's getting an Oscar. <laughs> no, he's right. <laughs> blowing the hero out of the water. Speaking <laughs> of like, I guess CGI and all that. Like, have you guys seen this movie on Netflix? I have to bring this up. This is not in the articles, but it's um, it's it's R R R. It's an Indian um Bollywood sensation and it's trending on netflix and i watched it last night and look i live by myself they must have thought i had someone over because i was like what? <laughs> i mean it's the action is all like the guy is fighting a tiger oh, he's got awesome. a guy on his shoulder while he's beating like a whole army <laughs> I mean, he's flying over buildings with a guy on his shoulder. It's just, an, it's incredible. And it's, it, there's no way in the world any of that is real. You know, you know, it's not like, right. There's no stunt man in this. They're using computer, uh, but it was worth it. There yeah. was dancing that was too, like, I was like, those well, dance moves, first of all, they stole some of my dance moves I saw. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> the dancing was incredible. I highly recommend you watch, it's triple R, 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 R. It's Bollywood. I think I passed by it. I'll check it out. Ooh, and it's hilarious, too, at the same time. It's like, oh, cool. it's got comedy, dancing, violence, uh, it's a good story. It's a 99 on Marina to rip tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the, and the action was definitely, I was like, there's no way. I mean, okay. Well, I'm, I, I got to watch it now. That's it. That's, that is one of the best 
recommendations for a movie I've heard in years. In years, I have not heard somebody rave about a movie like that. It says well, that Hollywood will happen. be jealous. That's what it is in the description on Netflix. It said Hollywood, take note. You will be jealous of this film. Wow. When you the best is when you can go to a movie not knowing much about it, and then you and you're and it blows you're you away, away like that. Blow like, me like you were so yeah. yeah. You know, I have felt that way about that movie Parasite. I don't know if you. Oh, saw Parasite that. was great. Oh my god, it was so good. Like, There's another one I haven't seen yet that I'm 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 actively not trying not to hear about is everything everything a, everywhere all at all, once. All, all, all okay. at once. Yeah. I won't That's, tell you yeah. anything. I did watch it with my friend. Okay. I won't say but anything. is it a? Did you like it or not? Don't say anything about the movie. But did I, you like it or not? It's a great movie. It probably will get nominated. Oh wow! Okay. There's moments that annoyed me, <laughs> um, but my friend Isis wanted to watch it, and she's. You know, I, I'm into horror. I'm into like a lot of, you know, so I get a little critical of moments, but, and I was like, what the hell are we? Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's entertaining too. Because it's like, it takes, it's crazy. It'll, it'll take you there. Okay. I'm going to watch it. Well, so now exciting. I got RRR, everything all at once, everywhere. And okay. Yeah. And okay. if you're into horror, X. Okay. Now, X. wait a minute. Now, see, you can't just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just drop an X bomb and walk away. It's called X. It's like, it's about, it's like a perfect scenario for a horror movie because they're shooting a porn. It's about them shooting a porn. I'm in. Chuck <laughs> 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 watching Triple X with Vin Diesel by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that was false advertising, by He's the like, way. There was no porno in this they movie. No porn in that at all. <laughs> I ain't gonna call it Triple X in that. I, I was, and listen, I was 45 minutes into it, and I was just like, I will never be able to masturbate to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, James Franco's casting as Castro, we're on this path so let's continue causes yeah. the ruckus I don't james it. franco has recently been cast as fidel castro in an upcom upcoming movie and the decision is more than upsetting to latino or latinx actors yeah. actor john leguizamo has been particularly vocal in his criticism of the decision taking to instagram to express his frustration and how he feels as though this is only one instance of hollywood consistently appropriating latino narratives leguizamo is one of many to criticize the decision yeah. franco is of russian jewish descent on his mm -hmm. mother's side mm -hmm. and of portuguese which is latin como baita de bain right uh Oh, no. no. And Swedish descent on his father's side. No. I think that Swedish is... He has yet to That's make... That's messing a, everything up. Yes. <laughs> he has yet to make a statement on the decision. He better not. According to CNN, Latinos only have about 5% of speaking roles in top movies. See, it's always good to just go to the percentages in these conversations. Because exactly. that's important. They have only 5% of speaking roles in top movies yeah. while making up about 20% of the population. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. But also, once again, here we have history, which is the precedent, and then the decision being made. So people do not hate me for saying this. I can totally see James Franco as, as Castro. I can, I'm like picturing it in my head, and it makes perfect sense to me. Do I agree with it? No, I don't. I don't agree with it because I can also see like 25 other actual Latino actors who could do the same thing. Okay. They actually put the picture of John Luguzamo next to him and you could see that they actually look 
similar. And he oh, I didn't know Le- Leguizamo have... wanted the role. Okay. No, so. it doesn't say that. It's just strategically they have they in have all it. the articles, right. you have them right next to each other to yeah. show how similar they both look. And listen, there's so many Latino actors out there in Hollywood right now that I'm sure are unknown that could do this, you know. Uh, but the precedent has been Hollywood's tradition is to find white actors to play ethnicities for two reasons. One, they don't believe that people of color are bankable, even though some of your biggest freaking stars in the world are black and Latino. And now, you know, even Asian for some of the movies, right? So that, but that is just a mindset. That's a mentality. But the second thing is it's, having directors and writers who are able to be a part of the selection process. Film is a director's medium. The director is picking all the leads, even though there's a casting CSA, even though writers might have some say, it's the director who says, that's my whatever. And if, and directors pick people with whom they are very comfortable working. That's all there is to it. They want they want somebody that they can say, I know for a fact that I'm going to be able to give this guy my vision or this woman my vision or this person my vision, and they're going to carry that vision for me. So what also has to happen is not just the actors. You have to go up the chain where you have diversity amongst directors, diversity amongst writers, and diversity amongst producers. And so this is what we're seeing. The result of a lack of diversity upstream is why we see the result of a lack of diversity on the finished product. I'm sorry for preaching. Sorry for preaching. No, you're absolutely correct. And here's the thing. I've been in some of these situations even recently, and I I feel like the pendulum was going in the right direction. I think it's going back. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of like that moment during the pandemic when everyone was on board and I could look at, I could go, I could time some of my white friends when they were starting to tap out of the emotion of that, when they were like, all right, we're out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you mean George Floyd? Yeah, like they were yeah, like, the Black we're Lives involved, yeah. we're hurt, we're emotionally upset. Then as the pandemic started, the world started to open back up. Everyone was not locked inside anymore. Everyone was out living their lives, right. interacting with other people. And then I started to slowly see some of my white friends tap out of the struggle or tap out of well, that were, pain. How much were they, how much were they in it? That's a lot of that's disin- I had a big issue with that. I, a lot of that's disingenuous anyway. Let's be honest. Well, it was well a good but why star. do you say that? I mean, it's do a you good really start. I think you, I think you knew well, and I, but I think you have to, you know, <laughs> what was they were saying? All those black lives matter. So many black lives matter rallies had white people leading the rallies. <laughs> Which is just bonkers to me. It's insane. It's like it's it's your time. It's your time to participate and listen. It's not your time to lead a chant at a. No, it's just I. I don't. I also don't buy it. I think it's more for optics of white people trying to have their friends pretend not pretend they're not racist. Uh, believe they're not racist. I think they care about themselves more uh, than they care so about anything. It's to soothe your own conscience. 
You can't, you can't talk about somebody else's, somebody else's experience like that and actually mean it. You can listen to somebody and try to understand as much as you can fully, but you can't, a lot of that, especially when it came to comedy, especially when it comes to comedy. You have a lot of, a lot of goofballs posting a lot of pictures about how much they believe X, Y, and Z, but they really, it, it, at their core, they, I, don't think, I don't think they cared as much as they wanted to pretend that they, they cared. Because I, I think we're all inherently selfish at the end of the day, I think, especially in show business. So, so I'd rather just be genuine and then, and then put your, a genuine amount of effort into things like donate. I, what, I, what I did when that happened was I listened to my black friends, I donated, and I, and I had conversations, and I, and I said what my experience was. That's what it should be. And well, then that's not enough, Sean. But at least I wasn't a phony. I was, yeah, wasn't no, a phony. no, no, no. <laughs> that's it, what I mean. It, it's trickling down to these uh, Hollywood situations, though, where I, I even hear it in, the, in certain rooms or situations that I've been in recently where I'm like, Oh, there's like almost an anger there about sort of this need to hear us, yeah, uh, our stories, mm -hmm. and to sort of like a defensiveness about correction, right? Yeah. So, like, if I tell you that that word is problematic, mm -hmm. they'll go, "Oh, I didn't know you were so sensitive," and I go, "No, I'm trying to help you get it right." So that you know that you're, like Chuck was saying, historically inaccurate. Like they had recently the opera, uh, there was a, a black opera singer who opted out of performing because they were still using blackface. In okay. opera, they yeah. do that, yeah. right? Yeah. So historically, they were like operas, really, and especially in Italy, they're really not willing to change. So I see this now, this, this, as you were saying, like Sean, like the trend, that trend of like diversity, I feel like there's a pushback in the upper corporation, like the places where we're not like thinking the money, the business makers, the guys who are really not thinking about that. Right. I feel there's a little pushback. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think the misconception is that for years, I think people thinking that ho Hollywood trying to present itself as liberal, uh, they've always been financially conservative, is really, really the, the issue here. Because right. it's so funny now to go back and all this Me Too stuff, but then you, but you also, you were a, a huge playground for this stuff happening for 50 freaking years. Right. So it's like, you can't pretend now it's like, no, 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 not us. And it's like, no, yes, you on, on the Harvey Weinstein side, on, on, on uh, diversity side, on, on, on what's his name? A, a Mickey, who was it? Mickey, Ro Mickey Rooney playing? No, who played? Oh, Joel Gray playing uh, Korean and Remo Williams in the 80s up until. Uh, Mickey Rooney was the first. He, he Mickey played. Rooney uh, played in, in yeah, Breakfast at uh, for, in Breakfast at Miss Brightly, Miss Brightly. It was terrible. It was fucking <laughs> awful. Um, so yeah, I don't think I think you're right. I think that I think that what that comes is from the upper upper top where what they're concerned about is money and marketability. But I think what's been proven, like I was saying, with the movies we've been talking about, is that there is a marketability there, and the fact that you don't want to still uh, still explore that, you're right. That's an issue. I agree right. with that. I agree with the idea that there's there's a, there's a huge market. For this. Don't get me wrong. I think I think they're, they're I think they're thinking about business, and yeah, I think their own biases. But I think they're thinking about business, and they're thinking it's not as marketable. As want immediately and i think you're right i think that's an interesting take earlier when you were talking about they're held to a higher standard that's wrong too i think when you're getting to that point it's right. like no, no 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 you give it the same shot and then you realize there's a market there and then so, yeah, the, yeah, the, the whole idea of the, the business side and the, and the, the closed door uh meetings with the stuff going on yeah i 100 believe that happens 100%. i just want to say that um because you brought up something really really important that people need to understand 
because the right and Republicans, not trying to be political, but this is where it comes from, has this thing about liberal Hollywood is what they call it. So let me just make this clear for everybody. (laughs) And anybody who's worked in Hollywood can back Mm -hmm. me up on this. Hollywood is not liberal. Nope. At all. There is not liberal Hollywood. You have some very prominent actors who are liberal. And so you see them as the face of the liberal movement, but that ain't Hollywood. That's them. Hollywood is corporate America. So when you say Hollywood is liberal, what you have to do then is take out the word Hollywood and substitute corporate America And then are you saying the same thing? Can you really say that? Can you say corporate America is liberal? I don't think you can. Okay. Uh, Fox News is part of Hollywood. Who's saying it's liberal Hollywood? It's it's right. Exactly. So stop (laughs) it, people. Just stop with the liberal Hollywood crap. Hollywood is about money and money only. And that's it, you know? And uh, and then they need that they need that uh, that those those optics of them being liberals to it helps the branding and it helps the bottom dollar. It, and does. Ends up happening. it yeah. does. But also um, what you said, Marina, about the uh, the resistance, it is indeed that, and it's a backlash. What happens and what creates a backlash, and this has happened in America several times. Every time we make strides towards racial reckoning, racial equality, racial parity. The next thing that happens is a huge blowback because what happens is there are a section of people who feel as though what you're going to do is create a scarcity of resources. In other words, you're going to be taking some of my pie and we can't have that. Or you'll stop me from achieving something. Or you'll be an impediment or a stumbling block, an obstacle for me. And once you get to that tipping point, that's when the backlash happens. And I see it. It's, 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 I'm always good at knowing when things are starting to, in a sense, trend or go in a different direction or when the pendulum and I, and I'm telling you, it's going to be, you're going to see more and more and more pushback. I'm I'm hearing it in these conversations I'm having that I can't really talk about here, but I I just these are people who are in position who have views that I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. okay. And they say things like, oh, it's so woke. Like they don't know. And like I said, I used to joke about the word woke. I don't do it so much anymore because I see how it's been weaponized by the right to really not do what we need to do. And so I'm hearing it a lot lately, and I'm like, oh, okay. There's like some resistance here going on. That's Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty. And they're in positions of power. That's right, yeah. So I do want to talk about Brittany Griner because I think it's important to mention, I saw someone, I won't say who it is, wearing a T-shirt saying free Britney Griner. And I was thinking, ooh, be careful because this is a very complicated situation where the more public it is, the more difficult it will be to get her out. WNBA player Britney Griner was found guilty of drug possession and smuggling in the Russian case and sentenced to nine years in prison. In closing arguments, prosecutors push for Nine and a half years. Meanwhile, Griner pleaded to leniency and apologized to the WNBA, her Russian teammates, and her family. 
Greiner has been wrongfully denied in Russia since February 7th when they found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her suitcase. It was later revealed that the amounts were only 0.252 and 0.45 grams. What is that? What does that look like? Uh, it's, nothing. it's nothing. It's basically um, it's like two, a vape pen two or amount. three drops of vape. It's an empty vape cartridge is what it is. Oh, like what I have back here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see yeah. it? It's on my bookshelf. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's, <laughs> it's it's like the stuff at the bottom of the vape carpet car, cartridge that doesn't heat up and gets sucked out. That, that little bit of liquid that's left. That's what that is. Nine years. Nine years, because it had nothing to do with um, drugs. It had, listen, if it weren't the vape cartridges, they would have found something else. They would have made a law because the the. Vladimir Putin, I'm not even going to say the Russian government. There's no such thing as the Russian government. Vladimir Putin has a long history of kidnapping citizens from whatever country he wants to punish. It's that simple. This is why she was taken. She was kidnapped. And now she is being held as a political prisoner. And the other gentleman that they're trying to create a, a prisoner swap for with her is the exact same thing. It's like, we're going to snatch you because we can use you as leverage down the line to get something that we want from a country with, with whom we're having contentious relations. Point, that's the end of this. That's it. Yeah. It's more for politics than anything else. Yeah. It has nothing. I mean, it, you listen to certain, you know, former presidents and it's just like, I don't understand it. You know, she went over there, loaded up with drugs, loaded up, <laughs> loaded up with drugs. Yeah, and now we're supposed to do something for this spoiled person. I don't see. Yeah, no, that's all bullshit. She's a political prisoner. She was taken and she was detained. She's being detained unlawfully. And uh, quite frankly, it's for political purposes only. And also, it's, when, it's at the when, direction of Vladimir Putin. That's it. When you're living in a world where people FedEx, drug dealers FedEx their clients weed, uh, then you know it's ridiculous. <laughs> when they're literally using FedEx envelopes for weed, then you know this is insane and it's all just for, for show. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let me just say this. In the United States, it's so crazy to see now that it's basically legalized everywhere. And right, exactly. to have her nine years, I mean, I don't think, I really think they're going to swap. Oh, they're going to swap. You know, I yeah. I do wish that people would stop like banking it a campaign because it does make it more difficult for her. It does, and you're absolutely right. When you're trying to bring a political I mean, even me home, talking about it, but yeah, no, not really, not like no. But it, uh, you're right though. Um, the making it a campaign, a pressure campaign, should be quiet and directed towards the people who have the ability to negotiate. It shouldn't be let's look like we're trying to pressure the Russian government to do something because that makes it that makes it more difficult because it's a tricky thing. What you have to do is be able to satisfy the political optics, but yet still play this game of what are we really talking about here? You know, and what we're really talking about here is, listen, you guys got that arms dealer that we've been asking for for 12 years now or however long it's been. You know, that guy, we want that guy. And so now we have two high profile people that are going to make you look like shit if you don't give us that guy. Yeah, that's, that's really all this is about. That's what it is. Also, it's a kind of an insult to like legitimate political prisoners. Yes. yes. Like actual people who were in, in, in jail for life over like, you know, writing a newspaper or something. You know, right. Like I tell you what you can 
really find out how many people care is if you say, okay, stop smoking in support of Britney. Ooh. <laughs> that hurt That's me. Your support. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, Marina. <laughs> if you really, if you re do a silent protest where you don't finance the cannabis industry until she is home. Oh, now let, let me tell you something. Now that's a movement right there. What you just said. Thank God that I don't smoke that much. <laughs> but what you just said, that's a movement <laughs> because you want to talk about some people that'll be asked up. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm one of them. You see, I, I got it on my bookshelves and I, I haven't read any of those books because I smoke so much. I mean, I look, I, I I'm starting to question whether it even should be legalized. I smoke so much. I'm like, Ooh, this access to it is starting to affect my life. Well, let me well, tell I'll, you. I'll, oh, go ahead, Sean. Oh, no, I was gonna say, I'll stop smoking. I, somebody who has one edible a month, I will not do that for. <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of edibles, and I know that this is not part of the show, but I have been working with a scientist, and I can't say who she is right now, but she puts together molecular strains of cannabinoid oils and makes edibles. Like, this is. Not how they come. I put this in a bag. Okay. <laughs> oh. But she made me, I was having problems with inflammation. She made me a sublingual tincture of a particular um, sativa and indica strain that has gotten rid of my joint stiffness. No. Yeah, this stuff is dope. I'm telling you right now, people, the future of, like, weed is, when people say weed is medicine... The THC may not be, but everything else about it is. The THC really is one one thing. It gets you high, okay? But there's so many other applications for, uh, you know, um, uh, cannabis that it's 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 the real deal. I mean, and I just get it on the back end. Because <laughs> I'm like smoking. I'm like, I, I probably have been like a little looser on a day and not yeah, realized. Not even realized it. <laughs> But I will say, like, so this particular gummy, no weed is in here. There's no THC. And I take this because I also suffer from um, acute anxiety. So there's generalized anxiety. I suffer from acute anxiety where I have panic attacks. And, you know, um, and it's a mental illness issue. You know what I mean? But when I say mental illness, I'm not like, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about, like, my brain doesn't work. You know, and so yes. sometimes sometimes I think I'm in a great deal of danger when there's no danger at all, you know, okay. and I take one of these and I got to tell you, oh, you just took it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to it's not going to kick kick in until we're done. No, I don't. But all it does is okay, calm me down. Podcast first, oh, all it does is calm you uh, down. No, there's no weed in it. There's no THC. Oh, we, uh, were you about to have like, were you in danger on this podcast? Not at all. I just felt like eating it. <laughs> It is lunch. Is it, yeah, is it, like, hey, Chuck, is it different from CBD? Because I people tell me I have like arthritis on my knees, and people are like, "Oh, get CBD cream that you put on your knees." Okay, so this is basically CBD, but a more intense form. Oh wow! And you can get these gummies. To, uh, I'll find the company. She makes this formula for an actual company, and oh, they okay. sell them. So I'll give you wow. the name and everything. You can buy this, what I'm eating wow. right here. I, I, I would, can you give our listeners the name? They're all going, give us the name. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me get it for you. Hold on. While you're say, doing that, I'm going to set up the Brianna Taylor's, the cops tied to Brianna Taylor's death 
arrested and charged. Now, they were tied to it. So the FBI has arrested current and former Louisville Metro police officers who were involved in the deadly raid that killed 26-year-old Breonna Taylor. According to multiple sources, the Department of Justice confirmed the charges in, in a press conference Thursday morning. It was last Thursday. And when this comes out, it's a week ago, which U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's from New York, he was here in New York, elaborated on the charges. They include two counts of deprivation of civil rights against Hankinson for firing 10 shots through a window and a glass door along the side of Taylor's apartment. No officers have been directly charged, by the way, with her death. That's important to mention. They weren't charged with her death, including the officers who shot her, although he was fired nine months after the deadly raid. The charges against the three other officers include not only allegations of falsifying information, but an attempted cover-up after the fact. Well, so there it is. So just heartbreaking, you know. And that's why we smoke so much weed. Now, what's yeah. the name of that company? Oh, okay. So <laughs> here's what you want to get. This is called Charlotte's Web. This is the company that she makes oh, uh, the, the formula for. And it's, yeah, as you can see, it again. says THC free, right? And the company is Charlotte's Web, okay? Thank you, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's it. Web. So it's 25 milligrams. It's THC free. However, they do have versions of this that have weed. Just oh. a little bit. I'm sorry, I keep saying weed. That have THC in it, too. So yeah. if you feel like getting a little buzz, you get all the benefits of the calming and everything like that along with the buzz too. So this is really good. Now the stuff that she made me is not on the market. She made it specifically for, it's for, I, I guess I can say, I, I'm not allowed to talk about this, but it's for glioblastoma. It's what it's really for. Okay. It's to help with the pain. It's extremely painful uh, cancer and it's terrible. So it's to help those patients with the pain. But she was like, I found that it gets rid of inflammation. So she sent me the little bottle of it, put it under your tongue. You hold it for a minute. And I got to tell you, it's like unbelievable. I, oh, man. I'm going to grab uh, it. Unbelievable, man. Such, such good stuff. Nice. I'm going to get the Fantastic. one with the weed, though. <laughs> I, got, I have to. Now, how are we feeling about this Brianna Taylor case? The three officers, um, you know, they were charged with conspiracy for violating her Taylor, um, Brianna Taylor's Fourth Amendment rights due right. to their roles in drafting and submitting a false affidavit to secure a search warrant for Taylor's residence in a drug-related investigation. And there you go right there. That lets you know that there was a crime committed, and then I'm done. So once you start covering stuff up, you've committed a crime. That's all I, that's all I have to say about anything. And at Where that do point, cops go to jail? Jail. They go to, they go to jail. Some of them go to general population, and some of them get their own, get, like, sectioned of off because, yeah. yeah. They got to be in protective custody because, you know, there's a thought that, you know, they'll go to jail and they'll get killed right away because they put a lot of people there. So, but yeah, they belong yeah. in jail. They belong in jail. You committed a crime. You covered it up. You got together. You made up a story. You covered it up. You belong in. You, you, now so, that's so. a show to see the cop who goes into the uh, regular population. Yeah, yeah, it's got to happen some places, and like it's got to happen when cops have terrible lawyers or something. The problem is the, cop, the show would only be one <laughs> like episode long. PBA he goes episode. into the prison. He gets killed that night, and then. <laughs> It's a one episode show. It's a one episode show. <laughs> I want to know, Sean, what your wife friends are saying about these things. I mean, 
Look at me. I'm like, About- do, you, do you hear them having contrary views to the Brianna Taylor case? No, I hang out with comics. Comics, kind of, you know, I don't think that anybody. What was the exact that one? That the the Brianna Taylor one was where was her boyfriend was in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and he was the one the cops were looking for technically through the wall. Yeah, right? They weren't looking for him. They were looking for another former acquaintance of hers. And they got bad intel that said that he lived with her because of the mail, right? And yeah, so- I think here's the thing: I'm not. I, I, I've, I think there's a lot of issues uh, with the police departments in general, but I, and I'm not, but I'm not anti-cop per se. A lot of any, everything I've heard about this is it seems pretty cut and dry to me. This seems like you said, Chuck. It's like the minute you're falsifying reports, well, God knows what actually happened. You know, like there's no cameras and there's no uh, uh, obvious. Um, account or you know video account of what happened uh yeah i think there's a lot of shady stuff uh that goes on and i think that um but this seems pretty cut and dry to me i think there's been maybe things in the past that are are, i i think that what's not what's talked about a lot of the time and this is the one the one the, the whitest thing i'll say on the show is that uh i think What's not talked about more is that it's it, that a lot of the times it's ineptness. It happened with that woman in Minneapolis. I think the the, the revamping of police departments and from the um, from the DNA is kind of what's. Don't get me wrong. I think there's guys who become cops because it's a power trip and they're and they're racist and they want to have issues with people of color. But I also think that a lot of the time, like like all right, to give you an example, like my dad was a cop and then he became a jail guard at Rikers Island for years, and he, he it was just a job to him. Like, and he also, the stories that he would recount, it was a job to most people. And then he never pulled out his gun the whole time. He was a cop, he was a cop for a very short period of time. And his friend, Bob Lally, was a cop for about 25 years. Bob Lally pulled out his gun once. Okay, and I think if things are, are being handled properly, that's kind of what it, the, 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 I think it should be. And I think that what ends up happening is a lot of these police departments, especially, like, look at that, look at that school shooting, the police department. What a bunch of bozos that you have in oh. Texas. What a bunch of bozos. And in, in, the, in the, the, the manly man capital of the world, and none of you ran in there and did what you're supposed to do. And there was four, what, four was it, 400 of them or something whacked out like that? So I think a lot of the time it's guys, they want to be cops because they watch stuff on TV and they realize, oh, it's, I, I, I can't do this job or I wasn't trained properly or whatever happened. Plus, my implicit biases come in and then i and then it's a deadly cocktail for uh uh, things like this so i think but as far as this case goes not to go off on a tangent but i think as far as this case goes it's pretty cut and dry of what happened with these these guys were just doing shit they weren't supposed to be doing and i'm glad they got arrested for it in some capacity for it because it shows that stuff's changing because i think this would have been under the thin blue line previously and you never would have found out never would have been a news story it just would have been chalked up to her she came at them and they had everybody back them up and then it was just forgotten about so i'm glad that we know what her name is and i'm glad that uh these cops are probably it's like it's like the priest thing it's like it's like the idea where it's like if you're complicit in the in the evil that's going on in your profession then you're part of that you're part of that uh, machine as well i'm not you know then when they had the experiment in Portland with the no cop. I do think you need cops. I just think that you need properly trained, properly intentioned cops. And I, I think a lot of the time you have a lot of bozos with a with a with an axe to grind. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I it it is a hard that when I'm in the subway sometimes I'm thankful that they're there. Right. Um, especially That's, when I see some crazy that. stuff going on, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then I, I also think there, I think the, there's a big misnomer that black people hate police it's 
We we don't no, hate we don't. police. I've, okay. Um, well, what yeah, we that's like the Chicago what, thing. What like we that. don't like is being killed by police. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple. Hey, I don't I'm hate police. I just don't like being killed by them. Yeah. And so, and being killed at a extreme disproportionate level than any other part of the population is problematic. And, you know, listen, I, I, of course I like police. I'm a homeowner. Shoot. Right. <laughs> right. What was it? Wasn't that, wasn't that outside of Chicago where they, where those neighborhoods, it was like all the, uh, the, 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 uh, what was going on. People were saying they were anti, uh, oh, we're, um, it was mostly like it's like white hipsters that cause a lot of problems for black people because they they're touting all this stuff and and they think they're in defense of this anti-cop uh, uh, thing that is just affecting neighborhoods they have no no yeah they don't have any connection to and exactly. then, yeah, I'm from Chicago it's <laughs> right. the most segregated city the South Side there are no white people on the South Side right, right. Um, yeah. where my grandmother's house is and they don't if they even live my grandmother's neighborhood by the way was one of the most beautiful neighborhoods on the south side of chicago you're talking about you couldn't even step on the grass okay the grass was so green they kept the neighborhood clean these were hard-working families a lot of the resources was pulled out and so you got a lot of um after school programs that were cut and so you have a lot of young kids out in the streets you, it's a it's a mess it's so, drug war stuff right yeah, but these yeah. white people in Chicago didn't know what was on the south side. I don't know. But I, in Harlem, I am, I go to what's called the block association meetings or for with the cops where they hear the gripes from the community. And I am telling you, most of the black community in Harlem is like, we need, like, what? this woman was like, I need some plain clothes officers down here. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is she saying? You know, but she was like, I am not messing around. Right. There is violence on these streets. And that's right. the reality, right? Is when you're living in the neighborhood and you're worried about the violence in your neighborhood and you're like, I just need the cops to do the jobs that they are supposed exactly. to be doing. And that's it. Right. That's, that's it. That service for everybody. Nope, right. No, you that's it. Now we're going to end on this. Um, I think this is. I will say this before we get to that. I will say that I think we solved racism on this podcast. I'm pretty sure it's done. <laughs> well, at the end, you could say that for your friends like us. I'll I'll, okay, I'll fill okay, you in how okay. that goes. But um, well, obviously, yes, okay. we often try. We often try. And then I go out into the world and I'm like, oh, it's not fixed. <laughs> so. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian broke up and uh, you know, I saw one of his friends trying really hard not to talk about it this weekend. And it is hard because we all know Pete. I, yep. We've watched Pete grow up at the comic strip yep. as a kid and it's got to be difficult to be in this situation where everyone's talking about your relationship and your breakup and it's Kim Kardashian. Mm. Yeah. Do you think, like you know, especially not, not on the Pete side, because I know Pete. I know I'm not close, close with Pete, but I know him some, like a little bit, very, very little. You know, hung out with him a couple times. Do you, you think it gets to that point? Like, how much? I'm not saying that's not for real, but I know on the Kardashian side, aren't they're doing? It's, it's a little bit of, of a play, right? It's a little bit of like a a Hollywood thing where I'm not saying that they aren't into each other and they're dating, but then it's the idea of generating that buzz that keeps the, 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 your, your newsfeed filled with my newsfeed is filled with about three or four Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian articles a day. And that's because I'm following comics and it's all the algorithm. I think also they're like, Hey, this is actually a pretty, are you like each other? We'll chill. We know this might not, you know, maybe not we're, we're falling in love here, but they're like, Hey, this is, it's a good situation for both of us as far as long as it lasts. So I'm wondering 
but I do agree. It's got to suck where it's like you look around and your face is everywhere and you're, you're still going through. I'm sure he's bummed. I'm sure he's upset, you know, yeah, but I'm, I'm wondering sure. if, I mean, it is how much they, if they knew it would run out, you know. I'm sure he'll find the arms of another beautiful celebrity to fall into because it seems to be <laughs> the only thing that he is able to hook up with are super hot women. So good for him. You know, quite frankly, I think it's all publicity, to be honest. Um, you know, I but then again, that's me being jaded and callous, you know, but all I know is this. I will go out with Kim Kardashian in a moment and she could turn around and tell everybody he sucks in bed. He is just awful. He farts all the time. I don't care because the publicity I'm going to get. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Will far outweigh anything that that she could say bad or that could I could experience. And, you know, it's like. I think that's why a lot of these stars do what they do. I look at Ben Affleck and, and Jennifer Lopez. I mean, are they really so star-crossed in love that they, you know, that they had to go to Vegas and get married right away? Or is it the yeah. fact that, hey, they're in the news every single day? And I had a friend say, um, I forgot who I was talking to, and I was just like, it's it's publicity. I said, how much publicity does J-Lo need? I said, publicity is just like money, if not more valuable, you can never have enough of it, you know, yeah. except, except the kind that says like, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, <laughs> or you touch kids. If you ain't Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, you know, or you touch kids, you can't get enough publicity, good, bad, yeah. or indifferent. Yeah. Except for the R. Kelly story we didn't get to where they put out his checking account information. I was like, oh, that's all he got? Yeah. So oh, oh well, how much was it? Okay, never mind. I'm I think saying. it was like something like twenty five thousand dollars. That makes sense. And they're only allowing five hundred. That's not. That's like sad. A lot of legal fees. I mean, not, sure. I'm, I'm not sad for him. Let Let me get it. Don't get it twisted. No, but it is sad. And uh, all right, so I am. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna do it. <clears throat> Years ago, I was in Chicago because I had to go to. He touched our you. <laughs> I wish he did. Guess what? <laughs> I I ain't got no mama that sent me there. I would have been. <laughs> he'd have been sued right away. I'd have been right up there with Gail. I'd have been right with Gail King, just like Gail. I can't tell you. It was awful. <laughs> first he told. First he said he believed I could fly, and then okay, but um, <laughs> but no. So um, so we go to his studio. He's working on a song for Jennifer Hudson, and we're listening to it. We're sitting there. We set up the cameras and everything, and then he makes us sit there for an hour and a half. But it was worth it. It was like getting a free concert. It was kind of cool because we're sitting in the next okay. room, and we could hear him, like, through the studio, you know, and they were piping in through the speakers, you know. And so then we, we do the interview, and then afterwards we go to this hotel to have a meal, and all of us go, and uh, he leaves early. He takes off. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And you know, um, we didn't talk about the peeing on girls stuff like that because it was a music interview, and that's it. I didn't. I was like, and he got nervous because because I started doing a Dave Chappelle impersonation. So he got <laughs> nervous because I was just like, "Say, man, let me ask you something." <laughs> <laughs> so he, I saw him get all. I was like, "Listen, man, no, like this is music. That's all we talk about here is music. I'm not even allowed to talk about anything else." Oh, okay, 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 okay. So then when he left, his two managers, a man and a woman, I forget their name, 
said that Robert was completely illiterate and dyslexic. Oh, wow. And that he's having a lot of trouble financially. That was five years ago. And I was like, what? You do not know me. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? And I think it's because they were stealing his money and they were trying to put it out to as many people as they could that he was Ooh, in financial I trouble. It. I really believe they were stealing his money and that they were just telling everybody that they could that he was in financial trouble. But that was five years ago that they sitting at the table have they said oh robert oh he's not functionally illiterate he's completely illiterate and he's dyslexic that's what they said and he's in terrible financial straits right now oh terrible. then they take we were just talking about that with the more money you have the more people be in your pockets stealing from you if you don't pay attention you got to be able to read got to be able to steve harvey yeah, talks about that some people who worked for him they they were stealing from a lot of money from him yeah yeah, you got to be on top of it. Yeah, there was a, I, my father told me this because my father was an entrepreneur. He said, I don't care what you do in this business. I mean, not in this business, in this world. I don't care what you do for a living. You sign every check. No one gets to sign your checks. You never have power of attorney. There's always limited power of attorney. Never, ever give someone power of attorney. You pick where they get to have power of attorney. You can determine, and, and most agents and lawyers will tell you, oh no, we need power of attorney. That's what we do. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You can have power of attorney to do this, 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 and this. You're able to do that. And my father told me, you don't ever give anybody power of attorney and no one ever gets to sign checks for you, ever. And that way you'll always know what's coming in and you'll always know what's going out. Well, I failed that one already. Some agencies, they will actually go, well, this is just the way we do it across the board. It makes, unless you are able to do your own bookkeeping, I guess that's how they, they figure that out. Well, what you can do if, if you're not have, if you don't like, it depends, very established agencies, they're not going to screw you over that right. their whole business is built on the trust that they have with their clients. You're pretty safe if you're with a well-established agency and you're giving them the ability to cash your checks you still know what's coming in okay so you're okay uh if if anything happens there well then now you have a lawsuit okay but um what you can do even with those uh, well-established um firms you can say i would like all of my um receipts split so that goes to the client the client now it's incumbent upon them to send your your agent his 10% as a check and to send you the rest as your check. You can do that too. Mm. That is completely permissible. The last deal that I had, my Disney deal, that's mm. how it went down. My agent never saw a dime of my money. They saw their money and nothing else. Oh, yep. nice. Look at that. Taking charge, taking charge. <laughs> well, guys, this is a lot take of fun. Class. <laughs> This is it's always fun when I have like a heavy flow. <laughs> you guys have been awesome. This is really it thank you really, for having me. It was yes. so easy and effortless with you both. And please come back. Thank you, TB, for saying this was great. Thank you for joining us backstage. TB will be doing it again. And I appreciate your support as especially Stace. 
Thank you for joining us. I know you're driving and I see you all every Saturday on the YouTube live. Sean, tell our listeners <laughs> where they can find you and tell them about your your special. Well, I, I, well so you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter. It's at Shawnee Time. It's S-E-A-N-Y-T-I-M-E. I'm also on TikTok at Shawnee Time TikTok. And on my Instagram, you can find the link to my, my YouTube channel where the third week of September, I'm coming out with uh, an hour of half crowd work, half material comedy uh, and try, I'm trying to use it as like a launching pad to pu- start putting weekly content on my YouTube so you can come back for everything from UFOs to barbecue <laughs> on my, and, and stand up clips as well so it's whatever I want to talk about I'm going to try to put up as much, much stuff as possible starting the third week of September check out the special uh, and uh, tell your friends about it and with friends like us uh, you'll never need uh, to, to work on your banking with your agency ever again because <laughs> Uh, Chuck just he just summarized how you can uh, stay ahead of, of, of Gersh and CAA and all of them. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. Yeah. The best friends like us we've had in a long time and you were new at it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, it's a lot to follow. I know. <laughs> so you can find me right here. Uh, this is my family room. <laughs> Because I got nothing going on. No. Um, I have a show on Disney Plus. It's called Brain Games on the Road. Please check it out. Okay. And uh, I am Chuck Nice Comic everywhere. Please just follow me on social media for anything else that might be happening. And with friends like us, um, you may find yourself having some delicious gummies that make you far less anxious, baby. Far less anxious. Go ahead and relax. Go ahead and relax. That's right. That's right. I'm about to relax after this recording. That's right. Thank you so much, both of you. Uh, Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And again, I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, August 27th actually is the show. You can go to my link tree that's in my Instagram. You can go to my website, find all the information for tickets there if you're in Oklahoma. And with friends like us, you can have two guys, one black, one white, and it is an amazing time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. Check, check, check us out. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good morning.